exciting day. Yeah, man, it, it's a day. I've popped open a Topo Chico to celebrate the occasion. Oh, wow. I don't have a drink. God damn it. I don't even have water. Ah, refreshing. Mmm. Nothing beats a good Topo Chico mineral water carbonated from uh, Montessori, Mexico. I'm just reading the whole I bottle love bag. the grapefruit ones. They're really good. I had a uh, I had some of the lemon lime ones the other day and was I prefer the plain. All right, dude. I have call never me had vanilla. The plain. Call me basic. What? Yeah, I've never had the plain. I've only had the lime and the grapefruit. Whoa. Mm. Well, it's it tastes like really really minerally carbonated water. Oh, you get you get wow. The idea. Wow. But it's in a glass bottle, so it's special. What is today? It's not water day. It's, it's spooky soda 11? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> it is. It is. It's our um, 11th. I was going to say it's our first spooky soda, and that doesn't make any sense. Um, it's our first spooky soda that we have done that's going to be a little bit different this time. Yeah. 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 We got a surprise we're dropping on your asses today. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about it because typically these are the scariest parts out of every spooky sode. So I feel like this is going to be a scary fucking spooky sode. So grab your snacks and your drinks and light you some candles. Get a, get a, protection amulet and let's dive in what are we doing how's this tell me why it's different grab a pet oh that's sweet yeah they're nice to have in times of i don't know fear um i wish my dog hung out with me when i was scared i feel like she can sense it and she just leaves me alone on purpose (laughs) jorah would none of the others do like they just come to me when they're scared but if i'm scared they don't give a fuck Are we still going to get food, though? Yeah, that's it. That's all that matters is that, are you still alive? Oh, okay, you're fine. You can still feed us. That's good. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come over when I want some pets later. Assholes. Anyway, today we're throwing at you an entire Spooky Sode, all of Spooky Sode 11, coming at you with just a Whoa. buckload of listener stories. It's the... Listener story special. Oh, yeah. I don't like that I could hear myself on your end after I did that. I, I don't like the way I sounded. That it was all right. It was fine. I, that was it. Was all right. Hmm. So, like May said, we got a lot. We have a lot of stories, and they're starting to pile up. And we're like, man, we want to get to all of these. And we thought the best way to do it was to just slam out a ton of spooky ass stories. Now, this, like you, Mace, is the scariest part of the spooky sodes to me because this isn't something we've worked on for a long ass time ourselves. We haven't researched and read all the background. We're just diving in blind like everybody else and we get to get spooked along with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're just fucking wild. Like some of these are just awful there's terrible things always fucking with your toes or messing with your sheets or all of the things that i never want 
Oh my God. I, oh. It's all of the worst things all of the time. And they're so scary. And sometimes really sweet ones come through. And I like Those that. are so refreshing. It's nice. It's nice to, when those happen right on time, like right in the middle of a spooky zone, it's really nice to have that little, oh. uh, it's like a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. It's a little piece of ginger. Mm-hmm. It's like some eye bleach, but for the soul. Oh, soul, soul bleach. Uh. <laughs> hmm. Well, which one of us is uh, starting? Should we flip a snack for whoever? I don't even the... have a snack either. I'm so fucking bummed. Here, I have some runes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking bummed. Here, I have a particularly flat dagas here. So okay, all right. I don't know. What do you want? Do you want the the like tryptophobia? whole sides with the the bone marrow or do you want the rune side give me that holy marrow alrighty 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 I'm not alright let me try to find a place to flip it so I don't just shatter it in a million pieces (laughs) uh holy side it's you alright well then I'm gonna jump on in here our very first story from spooky sewed 11 from spooky soda 11 of spooky soda 11 <laughs> off to a great start charlie comes from sarah l i have a spooky story which ended up in some ways being the foundation for my pursuit of witchcraft last november my friends and i took a trip to the states while in new orleans we decided to do a ghost tour at this point i'd been a staunch materialist for several years so i was absolutely not expecting anything other than some good stories spooky vibes and cool history the final stop of the tour was the bourbon orleans hotel which is apparently the most haunted hotel in the city we were taken to the ballroom and after being regaled with hair-raising tales of its history Our tour guide switched out the light, asshole. (laughs) At this point, our whole group... (laughs) Son of a bitch. At this point, our whole group was lined up against the wall opposite the ballroom doors. The tour guide was standing by the light switch in the far corner of the room. As soon as the lights went out, one poor lad fled from the room at a run. He just bolted. Me. (laughs) We all started taking photos. And then we all started walking around the darkened ballroom. The order of event, the order of events is important. While walking around towards the center of the room, I felt a warm, tingling sensation creep up my spine and across my so- sh- shoulders, kind of like someone had rubbed heated menthol or tiger balm in a T-shape across my back. Oh. I thought it was just a good reaction to I thought it was just a reaction to good storytelling and spooky atmosphere. <laughs> My eyes were continually drawn to a particularly shadowy corner at the back of the room. I had a super weird feeling about it, kind of like someone was watching me. Before I could explore the corner, however, the lights came back on and it was time to leave. I shrugged off the feeling. As as you do. As you do. As we gathered back down, <laughs> As we gathered back down to the lobby to conclude the tour, I started flickering back through my photos of the ballroom. On the very first photo I had taken, which showed the center space of the room, I noticed a weird smudge in the middle of it. 
I rubbed at my screen thinking it was just a smear, but no, I zoomed in on the smudge and could make out a very distinct, transparent, humanoid figure, which appeared to be carrying something like a box or cloth covered bucket. And my heart just stopped or just about stopped. (laughs) She didn't die in the story. Sorry. I'd taken this photo after the lights had been turned out, after the young boy had fled from the room, but before the rest of us had started moving about. No one had been standing in the middle of the room as I took that photo. I looked around the group and no one was wearing or carrying anything, even remotely similar to the figure in the photo. Needless to say, I was sufficiently freaked out. My skeptical mind kept trying to produce an explanation for it. But eventually, my theories, dark light holographic projector, question mark, (laughs) became less plausible than it simply being a ghost. Later that night, as I lay down in bed, totally different hotel, she points out, I felt that same warm, tingling sensation down my spine that I had felt in the ballroom. Had something followed me? Had something, or had something actually been watching me from that shadowed corner all night? I think I got about two hours of sleep that night. I know that. I know that feeling. As my friends and I analyzed the photo over the coming days, we realized that the figure had what seems to be a motion blur on its head, as if it had turned quickly to look at something. We realized it looked as though the figure had tracked the young boy as he run from the room. Just like watching this little kid run away. It's just like, what you running for, buddy? <laughs> Dude, uh, what? I got just like a basket of rolls here. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because it is, it, it was the ballroom. So I can imagine it was somebody just carrying in like a cart of apples or something. <laughs> that was interesting. Something about that New Orleans man. I'm telling you, I, I know. What a haunted place. I love it. It's so cool. That should be the <laughs> that should be the city's new tagline. New Orleans, what a haunted place. What a haunted place. It'll be straightforward, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, I'm going to throw a story at your face. Are you ready? Put it in between my eyes. That's what I'm doing. All right, this was sent in by Lauren J. I am an empath and a baby witch. I've always experienced otherworldly things, things like shadow people, spirits, and black-eyed children. Lovely. More on that later. For now, I want to invite you into my day. It's a sleepy Thursday afternoon in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's early fall. The sun is shining through my windows, illuminating the leaves of my plants. Occasionally, the leaves sway with the breeze that's coming in through the open windows. I'm alone. The only sound is my phone playing WBAH podcast. Spooky sound hey. number four. Oh, four. Oh. Always spooky sode four. <laughs> Fuck spooky sode four. During the episode, the audio doesn't get cut, but it gets all jumbled. That was an audio issue. <laughs> uh, it it might all, be. I think it might be. Hold on. Uh, the second time I hear the same jumbled interference, but both of your voices fade out and another speaks. Freaked, I convince myself it's just something to do with the technology. However, I light a black candle. I'm still listening to the episode as I walk down the hallway towards my living room. Wabam! 
A footstep slams on the ground behind me with such force that the stop knocked over an empty spray bottle next to me. I jumped and audibly gasped as I whipped around to see nothing behind me. Back to the shadow people. This episode had me feeling so seen. When I was in middle school, my family moved into a new split-level home and we lived there until after I graduated high school. About eight years. Around three years into our residence at this house, I moved my bedroom to the basement. Not long after, I noticed a the black shadowy figure of a man peeping into my bedroom. Ew. Creepy. Peeping. Naturally. This <laughs> horrified me. As it does. Like yeah. I did some research and found out about shadow people. The implications made me nervous, but I never felt any malevolence from this presence for years. Oh, wait, sorry. For years, this shadowy figure remained in the same <laughs> position, always staring at me, sometimes with glowing Ew. gold eyes. Jesus, that's Ew. new. Oh, fancy. I tried countless things to prove my shadow peeper was just that, a shadow. I tried different curtains, rearranging my room, even a different light setup. He never moved. Needless to say, I finished opening all of my windows and immediately smoked out my house with some sage. Well, I'm happy to tell you that one of those things was audio interference. I can't help you with the shadow figures, but... Yeah, don't... <laughs> we didn't cause that. We wash our hands of that completely. Okay, and I got it mixed up. Spooky said four is the audio issue. It, the episode that I want nothing to do with is the Black Eyed Children Men in Black episode. I want nothing to do with it. I don't... Like, honestly, like, the amount of emails that we get from people to where that episode has mm. fucked with them in some way makes me so uncomfortable. It is extremely um, disproportionate because we and it's get always we get, only that one, only ever. It's that, that one. one, except like you get the audio thing a lot. Like we heard, we still hear that a lot about episode yeah. four. Or, <laughs> but like when things happen, like people's cars fucking die and shit. Like exactly, it's big shit. It's always that episode. It makes me so nervous. Exactly. Because the uh, we have people write in a lot and say, oh, I felt really creeped out during the spooky zone. And that's, that's good news to us because it's like, okay, the spooky zone's doing its job. But if something happened, and the one I keep coming back to is um, a listener wrote and said that um, she was like in her bathroom and she heard something fall and she turned around and there was a coin that j had just fallen from nowhere. Oh, Yeah. And that's weird because the men in black, they love to, what is it? They love to like the, flip coins or play they, with coins. They, they yeah, will use coins a lot, whether it be just yeah. like flipping them or like have, you know, things like that. And uh, yeah, it's fucking creepy. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I'm going to move on. We have our first anonymous episode. This is from Anon. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Hey, it looks like we've got another New Orleans one. Sweet. Oh, damn. I just listened to your 2018 Halloween slash Samhain episode. Sorry, spooky zone. As you told the story of a woman from um, NOLA for a friend's wedding who had possessed, who had been uh, possessed during a hurricane. I remember reading this story vividly. That story. I remember I, this I re one? Very clearly. Yes, I remember that yeah. story. That one is uh, one of my personal, like, creepy, mm -hmm. I'll think about it sometimes and be like, ugh. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, anyway, after I heard that, I was really moved to write this to you. My story happened a few years ago around this time of year, and I've come to realize that I'm not fully over it. 
It happened at a music festival that my ex and I had traveled to attend. This was not long before we broke up, uh, so we were on rocky ground. I was focused on the bands, but my ex was focused on finding a way to alter his senses, if you know what I mean. Mm. Around dinner time, he bummed some weed and was noticeably more cheery, so I was hoping that we'd have a good, uh, a good night, as some of our favorite bands were headlining. We split up, with the time and meeting spot lined up, but when I got there, he was nowhere to be seen. I waited 15 minutes with no luck. I went to the washroom, got us some drinks for the headliners, but I still couldn't find him, and he wasn't answering my texts. I decided to head towards the stage, hoping that he might find me in the crowd. Eventually, I got a text saying his phone had died, and he was mad at me for, quote-unquote, not showing up at the Mm. meeting spot. Things were rocky from there. He didn't want to meet me in the crowd, and I didn't want to leave while one of my favorite bands was playing. There. I can be stubborn. No, yeah, no, I don't think it's stubborn. I think it's very fair. So we decided on a meeting spot for after this set. I knew he was mad, but didn't want that to... Okay, sorry, I was reading that wrong. I knew he was mad, but didn't want that to ruin my experience. Mm -hmm. That's why I was so surprised when he showed up in the crowd a few songs later. He found me and he was smiling. I decided to let all the tension from the day go and revel in enjoying the music. Unbeknownst to me... He had found what he thought was acid, and that's why he was in a better mood. That makes me nervous, what he thought was acid. Okay. Uh, But as the final headliner went on, which was the Foo Fighters, hey, good shout. Oh, shit. He started saying that he wanted to leave. The Foo Fighters had just gone on, and I had never seen them before. So I dug my heels in. Mm -hmm. I said we could compromise. Stay for half of the set. He just walked away from me. And while I consider myself to be a pretty independent person, being left alone in a country that is not my own, uh, at night, in a crowd, it stung. Ugh. He came back a few minutes later, conceding. Though I found out later that he had started to not feel well, but he didn't want to be alone. We stayed for about 45 minutes of a two and a half hour set, and then I left with him. He had to go to the bathroom, and when he came out, he finally told me that he didn't feel well. It got to the point where he was stumbling, so I had his arm over my shoulder, half carrying him, half dragging him. I, I wanted to take him so to the first aid. Livid. Like I know that I, I would like, be... you need to be concerned a little bit, but I would be so fucking furious. Yeah, that's this is a situation that like after it's all over and done with. I'm going to be beside myself. Um, I wanted to take him to the first aid tent, but it was dark and the crowd was monstrous. I didn't have a map or know where to go. Always a good lesson to make note of where the first aid is. Mm. We fought our way out of the festival uh, to Uber back to our hotel. Once we got out of the gates, I could tell something wasn't right. My ex started asking where we were, mentioning his childhood neighborhood. It was weird. At this point, I think I knew that he had taken something and assumed he was having a bad trip. It got weirder. So there's a bit of backstory here. I am a medium. The previous year we had visited Seattle and I sent out a... And I had sent out an invitation to communicate to Kurt Cobain. I'm a huge fan. Oh. (laughs) This is already a long email, so I'll keep this part short. I did connect with him. My ex also has psychic gifts, but he shuts them down. And there have been a lot of weird synchronicities between him and Kurt Cobain. Dude, if you tell me 
that you like if, talk to Kurt Cobain. I'm gonna flip. Calls up Kurt Cobain. I'm gonna faint. <laughs> it's our first guest appearance. Oh my god. So. As we walked out, oh my God, I see Kurt, I see the word Kurt written out like six more times here. All right, strap in. Here we go. So as we walked out of the festival, he started laughing. I asked him what he was laughing at. He turned to me and he said, you're Tracy. I had a pit in my stomach and that knowing feeling you get when your intuition kicks in. Tracy was Kurt Cobain's first serious girlfriend. And for several reasons, the comparison made sense. It wasn't a far cry to think that Kurt had come into my ex with my having a connection with him, my ex's connection to him, and taking psychedelics that easily opens you up to spirits. Oh, and also being at a Foo Fighters concert. Hey, it all lines up, man. (laughs) This was October, so the veil was thinning. I know it sounds a bit batshit to say, but I've mulled this over in my mind for years, and there's no other conclusion that has made more sense. But... There's more. I had an inkling this was Kurt, but it solidified when he saw the cops and started pulling towards them. I held his arm tight and did not let him go. I asked him why he wanted to talk to the, talk to the cops, and he said, you'd want to too if they'd stuck a needle in your arm. Now, I've never thought Kurt Cobain's death was a clear-cut suicide. Was he capable? Yes. But I believe 100% that there was more happening. So this dumbfounded me. I said to him, speaking to Kurt now and not as not my partner, that if he wanted to talk to me, I am more than happy to listen, but I won't allow him to mess with my partner's life. It's after I said these things that it got worse. The conclusion I've drawn is that this comment made him made Kurt leave, maybe made him feel guilty, which in turn left a space open for another entity to come in. And this entity was bad news. It started around the time we got in an Uber. It was a 20-minute ride on the highway to our hotel. My ex wouldn't put on his seatbelt. I did it for him, but he kept undoing it. So I held his hand, pinning them down. I know. That's all I'm thinking is if I went somewhere and, like, I don't know, like, Clark pulled this shit, I would be so mad. Oh, my God. Oh. If I, oh. I held his hands, pinning them down, so I guess so he couldn't take off his seatbelt. On the highway, he tried to open the car door. My knuckles were white as I fought him, all while trying to keep up appearances that everything was okay for the driver. 20 minutes was a long time. I knew something was very wrong as my ex went from crying and saying he didn't feel good, this is when I could tell it was him, to fighting me and saying that he had to die. I envisioned white light coming in through my crown, purifying me and going through my hands into my ex's body, trying to make whatever this thing was go the fuck away. At that point, my ex's head was hung and it slowly started to... And it slowly started to turn toward me. I kid you not, it was like a scene from The Exorcist because he had a creepy smile on his face and his eyes were motionless in their sockets. Ew. Uh, As his eyes leveled with mine, I understood the saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul because that was not my partner looking back Mm. at me. I stared right back into its eyes and smiled back. All I could think was that I would not let it see fear in me. We finally got back to the hotel. He ran off and I followed as he walked in the middle of the road. It seemed like more and more it was my ex coming through. I assumed the drugs were wearing off and the entities 
uh, opening for possession was closing. I caught up to him, afraid he was going to jump out in front of a car. He just stopped. Standing on an island in the middle of the road, I watched as he slumped over, crying. He turned to me, saying again that he didn't feel good. I knew that it was my partner in that moment, and I ran to him. I took his arm and guided him back to the hotel. I was talking to him and basically said that he had the power here, because a possessing entity always needs permission to enter. I told him that he could say no. At that moment, he forcefully pulled his arm from me and yelled in my face to shut the fuck up. That was the point where my fear changed from fear for his life to fear to my, uh, for my own. I walked a couple of meters behind him as we went back to the hotel. In the hotel elevator, I asked if he knew what floor we were on and then asked him to take me to our room when we got off the elevator. I was sort of testing him slash the entity. He didn't know the floor number and kept going to all of the wrong doors. At our room, he... Mm, he's just knocking on people's doors. <laughs> At our room, he said that uh, he wanted a smoke. I made... I made sure I had both of the room keys at this point and was just done. I let him go off alone and I locked the door behind him. Maybe that was an asshole move. I don't... The adrenaline was wearing off. No, dude, get out of here. The <laughs> adrenaline was wearing off and I was starting to feel my emotions. Then I heard a knocking at the door. I open it and my partner falls on top of me. I get bruised up from the fall as I fell onto the corner of the mini fridge. Ouch. I push him off of me and he lies there asking for my help. I didn't know if this was my partner or a possessing entity looking for a loophole to attach to me or possess me. I tell him that he has to help himself. After lying there for a while, he goes to take off his shoes and pants and gets in bed. I gave him a Gatorade. He seems to have, man, a Gatorade fixes everything when you need it. I'm serious. <laughs> he seems to have, the Gatorade saved my life. He seems to have a moment of clarity and says he needs to go to the mental hospital. I could tell that he was realizing what had just happened and he was rattled. A hospital maybe wouldn't have been a bad idea, but I wasn't sure if he had coverage outside of our home country. And all I could think about was him being stuck in a 72 hour confinement. Uh, and we both had been drinking, so we weren't driving. I had to take away his car keys. He got in the shower, at which point I break down into tears. I text a mentor of mine who uh, I learned mediumship from, but it's the middle of the night and she's asleep. My ex goes to sleep. I stay up and watch him as long as my eyes would stay open, doing protections and calling in my spirit guides, angels, white light, you name it. I wanted to sleep in the bathroom with the door locked, but the lock was broken. So I slept <sighs> in the bed with my ex. He slept about 13 hours and didn't remember anything the next day. I bet I kept not. a secret for the rest. Yeah, I know. God damn. I slept. No, I kept the entity for the rest of our trip. A secret. Sorry. I kept the secret for the rest of our trip. Jesus. Afraid that telling him would open him back up to the entity. I was diligent with protections, but I swear one night in a different hotel as I showered, it was in the bathroom with me watching me. Oh, please don't let that be the theme for this spooky episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Peeping. What did you say with the last one? Paper. <laughs> Piper. Piper. When I finally told my partner what happened, he rejected it. I can't really blame him. I moved not long after this trip, and while I did all I could do to prevent that entity from following me, I have to say that I've never felt completely at ease in the bedroom I'm in now. 
It's been two it's been two years and it's one of the worst experiences I've ever had. I can't watch scary movies, especially ones with possession, because I truly believe that thinking about those things can attract them to you. You never know how you'll react in this sort of situation, but the adrenaline really took over. It didn't feel real till it was almost over. And then my body knew, oh, it didn't feel real until it was almost over. And then my body knew I could let my guard down and I cried. (sighs) I think I needed a way to... I think I needed to write this as a cathartic act for myself, and I wanted to share in the hopes that it could be informative for others, or, at the very least, entertaining. It's pretty Whoa. entertaining. Oh, that was so interesting, though. Yeah, that really was. I mean, like it's like it turned him into a toddler. It seems all toddlers try to do is find ways to kill themselves in some sort of accident anyway. And that's just like all he was doing was like trying to open the car door, not wearing a seatbelt, go to the cop. I'm not going to Some sort of drug. Like anything oh, self destructive, go for it. Walk into traffic. Oh, shit. What about the uh, head hung, creepy head turned, dead eyed expression? That was that's just lovely. not cool. I have, a, I, have a, I have a tale for you. You have a tale? Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. Long one. Oh. <laughs> This was sent in by Kelsey, and it has a preface. I work overnight, so it's not uncommon for me to be awake during the wee hours of the morning. On this particular night, I was nodding off on the couch to a familiar film. I made a point to turn the DVD player off, because once the film concludes, yep, the DVD menu plays boisterous music on repeat. (laughs) I feel that in my bones. I didn't want it to wake me up because sleep had been scant lately. Caught somewhere between wakefulness and sleep, I was roused to a semi-consciousness by children at play. I heard the squeak of a merry-go-round, children giggling, sounds you would anticipate hearing at a playground. I was sentient enough to puzzle through my thoughts, A, what parent would allow their children to play at such a late hour, close to a busy thoroughfare, B, I don't live next to a playground, C, my movie must still be playing... I swam to consciousness and surfaced to a quiet room. The movie was off, of course. I brushed it off as my first ever sleep-induced auditory hallucination. Those are fun. I fell back asleep and experienced my second auditory hallucination, women chattering in close proximity. It sounded like they were seated on my balcony. I've heard that a lot. I've heard people chattering a lot as an auditory hallucination. A lot. So many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when we stayed at um, the Magnolia, we actually recorded that sound, which is awful. Uh, that just made my face contort. I don't like talking about that place. Did you? I, I imagine you forgot about that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, it sounded like they were seated on my balcony right next to the couch, carrying on with tea and crumpets. I thought they'll simmer down soon. They didn't. Realization struck that it was impossible for women to be on my second floor balcony having a lively tea party. It must be my movie. Again, I awoke to a quiet room and the movie was still off. I fell back asleep. My third and final auditory hallucination segued into a night terror. I'm not susceptible to night terrors, but the tangibility of what I saw, heard, and experienced still sticks with me. I journaled it in story format, which was deeply therapeutic. Attached, you will find my retelling. 
I did not provide a description of the entity I encountered within the story. I believe him to be a demon, if not the devil himself. <gasps> he looked very much like a black-horned dragon, but as the story explains, he can take shape of any sh or he can take on the shape persona of anyone, anything he so desires. The the story touches on packages being left at my doorstep. This is connected to a dream I had involving the same entity a month or so prior. In that dream, he left me a package of odds and ends that to anyone else may seem insignificant, but to me they were symbols of things I buried deep inside myself, things I didn't want to address, things I had tried to want, run away from. We'll call them the inner demons, traumas, etc. My retelling blends this dream into my night terror, the visitor. He came to me in a dream. I didn't know I was dreaming. I thought I had an intruder in my home, but this didn't bother me. It felt natural. As a matter of fact, I was so relieved for the company. He made himself at home, opening and closing cabinet doors. I couldn't move, but was content with listening to his heavy boots stomp through the back rooms. Realization soon took hold, as realization is wont to do. I obliged. I live alone. This thought zinged through me like a reverberation of a close shot. The intruder must have felt the reverberation too because all of a sudden he grew still. I sensed him watching me just outside of my line of vision. I so desperately wanted to move to face him, but my body betrayed me. It laid motionless like a puppet abandoned by a puppeteer. I didn't have to see him to know who he was. I knew he was coming. He had left a package at my door a few days prior, a box of odds and ends that held no meaning to any other than clues to a past I had tried to forget. I had pushed the package aside into a shadowed corner of denial, all for naught, of course, because he always comes. Deep down, I knew this. Rumors reached me that he had been spotted in the area. All false, I convinced myself. No one could actually see him. If you do, you're already his. If you're already his, you won't be around for an eyewitness account. Eventually, he'll come for you, too. Deep down, you know this. Now he sensed my enlightenment on his true identity. He shed his metaphorical cloak and traversed the space between us in his true form. There's an old wives' tale that says, if you hold a looking glass up to a set of mirrors, you will catch a glimmer of his face. I've never tried it before, maybe because I lost my nerve. I wanted to believe it was just that, a tale. Nevertheless, on the day he left the package at my door, I had the wherewithal to do it. I knew I had nothing to lose. My time was here. What I saw confirmed my suspicions. He looked exactly how I always had imagined him. My heart thudded against my ribs like a caged canary thrown from a moving cart. Here he was in the flesh, a tangible entity before me. He crawled within a whisper's breath of my inactive features. The urge to push him away billowed deep from my bowels. I coached myself just through the process. Just bend your elbow, I thought, and push to the right. His presence so close to mine was unsettling. I concentrated on the movement. Bend your elbow, push to the right. If my lips could move, it would have remained an unanswered prayer. He didn't laugh at my plight. He didn't tease my worrying emotions. He crouched there, a patient and objective observer, waiting. His repose enraged me. Punch me. Or punch me. Punch him, I thought. <laughs> punch, him. punch him right between the eyes and knock him back. Punch me. Punch that would be hilarious, though, like if this scary entity crawls out of the depths of hell just to sit by you and ask you to punch him. Punch me. Punch me. <laughs> oh. 
Oh no. (laughs) Though I knew he could talk, he didn't. Instead, his thoughts reached mine as they had so long ago. I had been late for a date. The street lights were black and my headlights weren't working. I growled in frustration. That's when I heard him for the first time. His voice was a fog in my brain. I knew it was sabotage. He told me he would be waiting for me. I yanked my headlight lever in desperation. It wouldn't give up the ghost. I felt him holding it in place. The lights would not engage and visibility was scarce on a moonless evening. He didn't laugh then either. Good, I challenged. I hope to see you there. I threw the car in park and ran into out into the wind. That's when I had woken up. The room was dark and my dog was growling. Nobody was there, but I knew he had visited me. His presence lingered like cologne on a passerby. He would be back. Deep down, I knew this. This time, however, I didn't wake up. This time, he had revealed himself to me. This time, his voice wasn't a fog in my brain. It was crystal clear, like water. There was no mistaking it, no shrouding in denial. I lay bare and vulnerable before him. He was in a position of empowerment, yet he never exposed his authority over me. In fact, he exuded the stark contrast of my escalating emotions. Knowing this did little to soothe me. He was patient, understanding, sincere. We both knew why he was there. When he asked for my consent, it caught me off guard. In a way, it was endearing, gentlemanly even. I neglected to realize I'd been holding my breath. With an exhale, I willingly gave in. This seems right. I thought, I want this. He stretched into an oblong orb across the length of my abdomen. I felt a hum of energy as it hovered above me. I knew I would never be the same again. The orb beckoned with promise and possibility, radiating a shade of blue that reflected peace. I was at peace. Again, his thoughts reached me. There was no distortion as he requested my affirmation of my consent. I surrendered to the intimacy of the moment and he pushed the orb down towards my body. Something snapped. Perhaps it was the trigger of reality. Perhaps it was divine intervention. Panic overtook me. A scream imploded from within me. No, I don't want this. I want to remain who I am. I like who I am. He was not who he portrayed. He was insidious. My body convulsed in uncoordinated spasms to shake loose from the hold he had on my faculties. I jolted awake to a room so still and silent. The lack of sound raised every hair on end. The Oz effect. There was no screaming, no thoughts, no presence, only the thump of my racing heart. I was here. I was myself. I think it's a dream within a dream. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of dreamception. I think I think that's what happened. I believe it was a uh, a devilish figure. But would a devilish figure be so polite as to be like, "Can I? May I possess you?" I think so. Uh, that kind of makes sense really? to me if it's an intelligent one. Ah, maybe they're uh, maybe they're kinder than we give them credit for being. All I can think of Country? is I will possess your heart. It's just this demon. Just, you gotta spend some time, love. <laughs> love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm never gonna get over punch me. Punch me. I want to sub that in now in movies. Any serious moment, any sad moment, any time yes. there's a pause, just punch me. Yes. When Frodo's getting on the boat, he turns around and instead of a little yeah. head nod, he just goes, punch me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
head. Okay. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Ouch. 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 Okay. All right. (sighs) Here we go. Hold on. I need a second. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Aragorn stumbles up on Boromir after he's been shot to fuck with arrows. And Boromir's just like, punch me. into the river and instead of doing her horse spell she just asks all of the wraiths to punch her if you want him punch me <laughs> oh no it's the best oh god <laughs> I'm sorry the middle image is so funny there's this dark street you can't lift yourself up off the ground and the demon that's staring at you just punch me. Punch me. Patiently. Okay. Patiently punch sits me. there. It crawls up next to you, sits down, you know, crisscross <laughs> applesauce, and then looks at you and goes, punch me. Punch me. Okay. Shit. All right, man. I'm o- okay. I'm done. Yeah. Oh. Ugh. Okay. I'm gonna hit. Uh, I thought I was gonna hit refresh. I'm not. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read a story from Megan. Please. <clears throat> I've got a story from Megan B. And this this starts off. I have a spooky story for y'all. It was last year in the house I currently live in with my husband. My sister says to this day that she feels incredibly creeped out by my house, or inside of my house. One night, I couldn't sleep, so I sat up watching Charmed like I always do when I can't sleep. Around 3 a.m., I decided it was getting too late, and it was time that I tried to go to sleep. I plugged my phone into the charger and rolled over toward my husband to go to sleep. I started to feel really uncomfortable in the room. Everything just felt darker than normal. I buried my face in my husband's back to try to keep the uncomfortable feeling to try to help the uncomfortable not not to keep it sorry nothing I did made me feel comfortable so I sat up to watch more Netflix when I did I saw a featureless dark shadow on the other side of my bed damn it they're always just there on the other side of the bed all right note to self and all listeners listening to this right now when you die and become a ghost please remember that nobody wants that you can try to communicate however you want, but don't do that. What is it? Like, you pass on and this just becomes the best way to get a hold of people? I don't know. Maybe I don't it's know a scheduling conflict. 
I immediately felt really freaked out and buried my face into the side of my husband again, or into my husband again. I convinced myself that it was just because I had been looking at my phone screen for too long. A few minutes go by, and then out of nowhere, I hear someone yell, Hey! It sounded like it came from within the room that my husband and I were still... uh, I jumped up, turned the light on, and woke my husband up in a mess of tears. He held me till I finally fell asleep. For a few weeks after that, I would not go into the house by myself. I remember one night my husband had uh, gotten called to work. I got in my car and drove to Walmart. I sat in the parking lot until my husband came home. I have not heard or seen anything since. I tried telling my husband about what happened, but he told me that I must have just been asleep. My mom told me that she had, uh, my mom told me that I had to have been dreaming. The only one who believes me is my sister. I believe you. I believe you. I believe the shit out of you. Especially because he it was doing that thing that they always do. Anytime somebody tells me a story about a ghost by their legs or on the other side of the bed or leaning I over their you. bed, I'm going to believe it because I'm like, that's what they do. Yeah, apparently that's Ooh. the norm. <laughs> they just lean over your bed and go, punch me. And punch me. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. Fuck. <clears throat> no, man. <sighs> okay. I have a feeling that that's going to stick. That's going to that's going to be a thing for a while. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no. I can't give in to that again. I can't let I know, it take I know. hold of me. I'm not doing it. <sighs> okay. Whew. Okay, listen, this was sent by Ross, and I like this intro. (laughs) This very sassy intro. Oh, honey, you want scary stories? I've got scary stories for you. Lit. So, if you're highly sensitive to spirits, I highly recommend a good cleanse after this story. Ooh. The night is the most active time for spirits, and every time for about two months, I saw him. Let's set the scene. Picture a simple rectangle, one-story house with a separate car garage, a concept, I don't know what that is, and trees sprinkled about the property surrounded by cornfields. Cornfields freak me the fuck out. Uh, yeah. Every night, I feed our assortment of farm cats in the car garage and then must walk back to the house. I have regular entities that follow me on my nightly journey. Yeah, because it's cornfield. But when I first saw him, it was frightening, to say the least. Do you know when you are paralyzed with fear? That's what happened. I saw a bipedal, parentheses, picture, or bipedal being, picture a werewolf, but with antlers, standing in the shadow facing the house. To say I almost shit myself would be an understatement. I eventually figured out that it was simply in the shadows. But when I tried to get near, it was almost like it got further away without moving, if that makes any sense. (gasps) So anyway, that happened for a while until one night I got a vision. I was in my room and saw the same being, however he had changed forms. Now picture a pale, gaunt humanoid with long claws and antlers in my room. No, it no, did the you. whole if or I did the whole if I'm under my covers, it can't get me thing and pulled the blankets over my head. Fair. That worked out about as good as a blind man being a crossing guard. I literally got a psychic vision of this thing clawing at my eyes in an X pattern. How I didn't have a nightmare was amazing. 
Finally, I had enough. I consulted a tarot reader, and she said that he was a malevolent spirit that wanted to be a real pain in my side. She also suggested that I get something bear-related, as in legend, apparently bears are the only thing that can harm them. I got a peridot. Peridot? Perid- oh, oh, yeah. Was- I, yeah, okay. peridot. Uh, and I got a peridot and bear pendant and have not been plagued with his torments. However, once in a while, I feel him try to wander back. So I always have my circles up and prayers said. Gross. Ew. Mm. Wendigos are terrifying. They're nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Uh, story two is called The Haunted Fortress. Unfortunately... I forgot the actual fort's name, so sorry about that. So to save some time, I'll give you some details fast. This was a fort that had some conflict spot near it. There is a river near this fort. Someone decided to build the fort on a Native American graveyard. Hmm. My family had been walking around this place for about 30 minutes and was getting frustrated because I hadn't seen anything. To clear my head, I decided to walk down the river, and actually, while reading this, I don't know why I went down the river. Anyway, I went down to the river, and it is getting darker as I got, and it was getting darker as I got close to the water. Post-remembering, it was strange. Like, it should have been 1 p.m. lighting the sky, but it was more like twilight in the little grove by the water. I finally knew that something was up when I saw the reeds part, like something or someone was walking through them. This was happening all along the bank. I went back up and was feeling a bit buzzed with my discovery when we went to the prison. This place was bad. It was built at the top of a hill so that the top area's door was on the top of the hill. But the actual jail cell was at the bottom with its door there as well. When I went to touch the door frame of the bottom level, I physically started shaking. You could not have paid me to go into that space as it was unnaturally full of hatred and malice that I was not, and I was not having it. I waited outside until my family was done. After that, I was glad that no more incidents happened there. And when we left, we hadn't been back since. Three, seance fail. This is mostly just an example to show you that you should always cleanse after anything or cleanse after anything to do with spirits. Uh, So I was bored on a school night and did what every boy does and light a bunch of candles to try to contact the dead. I had a circle of candles, some on the floor, some on the table and asked in a very bratty way if there are any ghosts here to move the flame. All of the flames moved together and I chuckled (laughs) other all of The flames moved together, and I chucked the deuces real fast and blew out the candles and went to sleep. (laughs) Did I close the portal to the spirit world that I had just opened? No. Did things come out that I had dealt with? Did things come out that I dealt with for a while until I finally got some sage to cleanse the motherfucking house? Yes. Anyway, this is just a word of caution to anyone wanting to do that. Please just cleanse and have protection. And the whole nine yards. I love the bratty, if there's any ghosts here, move the flame. Because that is such yeah. a kid thing Entertain to do. me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm fucking with. Mm. Oh, man. What's your favorite position? That's cool with me. It's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> This dumb song. How are you doing? Is your headache better? It's, yeah, it's going away. We took the dogs for a walk. And 
I think the fresh air helped tremendously with that. It's so nice outside. It's like cool and breezy right now. And it helped. Nice. I'm happy yeah. about that. You know, it's going to be like, I don't know. I don't know about there, but tonight it's going to be like, uh, like 60 degrees. Yeah. That's what I was. Wa- we were walking and like the breeze was cool and the sun was setting. And I was like, this is fire pit weather. <laughs> You're not wrong. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. So how are you on this second day of recording following oh. an intermission of sleep? We're not going to pretend that we've been here this whole time. Nah. I think we, I think we just <laughs> lean into it. All right. So anyway, a week ago when we recorded the first part, mm-hmm. um, I'm all right. I actually, I did a first, I recorded a blog. No, oh. I'm an old lady. I recorded a vlog a second today. Oh, you didn't do, so did you do that instead of your written blog? Yeah, man. And like I said, in the actual video, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make a habit of it, but I knew I was going to write about the whole haircut process, not to bombard you guys with more of that. But every time I sat down to do it, I just couldn't, I just couldn't make it work. It's a very visual thing that you did. So I think that makes sense. You know, it's about appearance and things like that. So yeah, I think that, that platform or like that method makes sense. The video. But it was one of the most frustrating things having to, I recorded it once, the audio didn't work. And after I sat out in my yard, it was beautiful and the lighting was great and I was in front of a fucking tree. And then I get inside and there's no audio and it's just me flapping my jaw. That's gutting. I sat there with my mouth agape for probably 10 straight minutes. That's awful. I'm so sorry. So basically what I'm saying is I'm so glad that it's all behind me and I'm glad to be sitting here with you and I'm ready for some spooky stories. Off and on today, I had a sinus migraine about two hours ago. So my, my concept of space and time is kind of scrambled at the moment. <laughs> I, I knew we were recording today because I was thinking about it earlier today, but then I just had like temporary amnesia and wrote you and was like, wait a minute, are we recording today? Even though like maybe an hour before that, I was very well aware that that was the case, but it's weird. <laughs> what did I tell you? Fucking October starts rolling around and this shit starts. And it's like, I spoke it into, I was fine. I had a work day. And then at like 3 PM, I started feeling like somebody was digging my eyeballs out and I was just like, God damn it. Well, that's appropriate for the spooky zone. Yeah, there you go. That There's that image for your eye holes. <laughs> Dude. Okay, on a on a separate note, I can't stop laughing at punch me. I can't either. And here's the thing, Charlie. <laughs> no one gets it. No one understands. Like I tried to explain it because I was I was making dinner, like beans and rice. And Lyra and him were in the living room, and I was just like putting the beans and rice in my bowl, just like. <laughs> And I couldn't explain it. I was trying to explain what I was laughing at, and I could tell it was not landing. I know. You weren't getting it. I know. I tried to tell Clark, and he was like, "Oh, that's that's funny." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> but I'll just think of it out of nowhere, and it's still. Been- I have two. <laughs> oh, I boy. mean, maybe ever. I don't know if that's ever going to not be funny to me. I I hope I hope it never loses potency. Oh. I will tell you though. 
I had a nightmare that revolved around that story last night. Ooh. I did. I woke up this morning and I remembered it so vividly. You know the type where you're like, there's no need for me to record this because I'm going to remember every detail. And then you eventually- Did he slither out of the shadows and sit at your feet and ask you to punch him? (laughs) No, it was worse. And I, I don't, maybe I was at your house, but I was like laying there and this shadow creature that looked like almost like one of the grays, but all shadow, he like came out. Ew. I know. And he like put his hand over my stomach and he asked for permission. I'm just like die. it did in the story. I know. And I like agreed to something. And I... I don't really remember what happened. There was like something about a glowing orb in my stomach. And I was, I guess I had, cause I'd made that joke about like getting pregnant by it or something, but I woke up and I was like, what have, what have I done? If you birth the antichrist, I'm going to be so mad at you. But would I not be just the most legendary goth that ever existed? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you birth the Antichrist, we're not gonna be friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, no, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna really just have to write you off, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, you're supposed to be making me feel better, like, you know, hey, you can't consent to things in dreams. That sort of thing. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I failed at that. <laughs> just anyway. Now. I did uh it must have definitely done something to my psyche because it really freaked me out, but um, that's yeah that's spooky I uh that's a spooky dream I would have woken up really 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 bothered by that oh I was I remember just kind of being in that half awake state half awake state for I, I, what felt like an hour and I just kept thinking like I've done something really bad and of course in that state I could remember all the details and all the details yeah. what made it worse all the surrounding information made it so much worse and I'm thankfully I'm kind of glad I haven't been able to remember it but um it, it was freaky so let's let's get more freaked out oh yay also if anybody out there just wants to do some like anti anti-haunting spell for me just in case go for it um i think i've got the first story today you do and it's from kinsey kinsey are are you oh (laughs) i can't ever tell like i can't since i can't see you i have no idea what's going on i just hear (sighs) it's my torch it's my torch. What was that? What accent was that? It's you... my torch. No. I am going to go get my torch. Okay, listen to the story. I don't know. Wow. Don't ask. <laughs> so, Kinsey says, uh, she starts off with something we've heard. Uh, she says, you recently scared the hell out of me when I listened to Spooky Sode 4. It does I, that to you. I figured I would return the favor with my scariest personal story. For quick background, I've lived in haunted homes since I was nine, and I've had experiences with ghosts, spirits, and other beings out and about that I'll send you a little bit later down the road. 
for now. Mm -hmm. I will talk about the house I lived in when I moved to Virginia for the first time. Living in this three-bedroom house was myself, my sister, her two-year-old son, my cousin, and her two-year-old and six-year-old sons. That's a lot of energy. The children were insane, Mm. and honestly, we weren't much better. Now, this house held its... uh, Now, this house held its own energy, and it was intense. Without much of a grace period, I instantly began hearing kitchen cabinets tapping in their frames, doors creaking upstairs and down, and the most alarming was large footsteps from upstairs. Mm. During the day, I was by myself as I worked at night, and my sister and cousin worked during the days while their sons went to daycare. I've often lived in places with activity, so none of this really concerned me, besides the stomping. It sounded like herds of elephants stampeding back and forth across the master bedroom. The upstairs concerned me, and I hated going up there, and only did it for sleep. The loudest door in the house was upstairs, a sticky door that screeched open because Mm. it went in the... (laughs) Hate it that screeched open because it was too large for the frame. Anytime we wanted to open it, we had to push it with our shoulders or yank it closed to get it all the way shut. That door specifically opened on its own constantly. I had a beautiful color changing glass. (laughs) I had a beautiful color changing glass bubbler that I adored. If I let my friends smoke out of it, I would um, I would hold it while they lit it because I didn't want to chance anyone dropping it. That being mm-hmm. said, this damn thing fell constantly in this house. I had dropped it outside on a metal grate, a metal grated table. It fallen from a top cabinet above a sink into the sink after bouncing off of the edge of the counter and then had fallen onto the tile floor. You name it, never broke. Until one day when it flung off of the middle of my dresser onto the carpeted floor and shattered into a million pieces. Okay, that's fucking it, though. What a piece of shit ghost. (laughs) Nobody. That's what you're going to come back and do is ruin this person's prized bubbler? Fuck you. That you've seen them drop a a bunch of times or seen it fall and it didn't break. And you're like, I'm going to break this on fucking carpet. nobody was near the dresser when this happened this instance was the bubbler wait this instance with the bubbler happened after a very high night with my cousin when we named the ghost julio my sister scolded us for naming it and paying attention to it because although she denied its existence she said we were giving it power by speaking it out loud after the instance with my uh bubbler we called it we named it Julieta because it was being a bitch. By far my dumbest move, but I can honestly say that I was uh, in a pretty mentally unstable place in this house and that and that this being took advantage of this because soon I knew it wasn't a ghost. This was a demon. Oh. The atmosphere in the house quickly began to disintegrate as the three of us spiraled into horrific fights with each other, backstabbing, talking shit to each other about one another, um, excuse me, talking shit to the other about each other in a terrible spiral where everyone was angry at everyone. The energy grew so dark that it came to an apex one Valentine's Day that we now call the Valentine's Day Massacre. It was the worst fight. (laughs) I love it when you name a fight. 
It was the worst fight we ever had and ended in my sister storming out and me punching the hardwood floor while my cousin ran upstairs and slammed the door. My neighbor one day revealed to us that every couple and family that had moved into this house had separated and moved Mm -hmm. out due to fighting. This house and this time was when the scariest experience I have ever had in my life occurred. One day I came home early from work. I had begun working at a moving company that kept me out most of the time during the day now. And I was, uh, I was exalted to be in the house alone without the insanity of three boys and two angry mothers. I came home early and decided to take a nap on the couch. I still wouldn't go upstairs upstairs until it was bedtime. I laid down on my back and closed my eyes. I reopened my eyes and realized that something felt odd. I stood up slowly and looked toward the direction of the stairs. I felt very cold and the house was eerily silent. No tapping, no creaking, no house noises, no street noise. I swallowed the lump in my throat and walked to the base of the stairs and looked up and distinctively had the thought, the demon is up there. At the top of the stairs, the house was gone. Just a vanishing outline as a blue sky with racing thunder clouds flew by and fast forward. I was terrified and wanted to run. As soon as I had this thought, it occurred to me, as soon as this thought occurred to me, I felt something rush down the stairs at me and I raised my hands to scream and protect my face. I froze. I couldn't move. My arms were stuck bent in half at the elbow, palms facing out in front of my chest. My mouth and eyes were stuck open as wide as I could get them and began to hurt. My body, stiff as a board, began to fall forward in slow slow motion, where it froze two inches above hitting the hardwood, parallel, parallel to the floor. My body then rotated, still hovering, to face the ceiling. My head pointed at the front of the house and my feet down the hallway next to the stairs. In one swift movement, I was yanked down the hallway. I opened my eyes and I was lying on my back on the couch, eyes wide, mouth open, frozen. My arms, was, my arms were still bent at the elbows with my hands out as if I was trying to push something away. I couldn't move and I began to sweat. I began moaning, trying my best to scream and to move. And that's when I saw, as far back as my head could look, a giant black mass. It was a shapeless black mist. The spell broke after 30 seconds, a minute, an hour. I honestly couldn't ta- uh, I honestly couldn't say. I flung myself to the right of the couch and crawled to the door where I was finally able to move my feet and ran outside without a coat or shoes. I stayed in the driveway and called my sister. She wouldn't be home for two hours. I waited out in the driveway until she came home. After this, I began staying with my boyfriend and rarely came home. When I did, I would wake up in the mornings with my door closed and locked. I never slept with the door closed and I still don't. We moved out shortly and my sister, my cousin, and I did not speak for six months. We don't talk about that house anymore. And we are all great friends again, just like when we first moved in. That house was evil and I will never go back to it or even drive past it. I don't know what happened that day and I'm so thankful that whatever, and I'm so thankful that whatever that was hasn't followed me and has stayed put. Ooh. Gross. I see a theme. Again, we've got yeah, I a situation. Do. It always happens. Yeah. There's dreams where you can't move and you're pushing, like pushing things away with your arms. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So this next tale was sent in by Bella. Swan. I'm sure she's never heard that before. Super original. I'm a 16-year-old witch. I started practicing at 14, but started researching at 13 so that I wasn't going in blind. Smart. However, even before then, I'd noticed that I knew some things and could do some things that I brushed off until my mother told me that her mother and grandmother and so on were psychic. I try not to say psychic because there's a lot of cliche connotations that people judge about it. I just call it my witch shit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It started when I was 12. I could tell if a dead relative or loved one was attached to a person if I concentrated on them. It was really confusing at the time and I didn't understand it. Flash forward to me being 15. I met one of my mom's friends and immediately got this feeling that crept up my spine and a weird feeling at the back of my neck. I've had this feeling before. When I met my great-grandmother, and in general, sometimes when I meet people, usually older, it took me a while uh, to realize that feeling always came with the person was going to die soon. My great-grandmother, my other grandmother's friends, and other people, I got that feeling, and they passed away either a week, months, or as far as two years later. But when I met my mom's friend, I got that feeling and it didn't let go. I soon found out it was my best friend's dad who I hadn't met yet. A month later, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. I felt horrible not being able to tell him that his dad wasn't going to survive, but it gets worse. His dad died last year, April 9th, a week before my friend's dad was almost comatose in a way. I was lying in bed trying to go to sleep. My old room had a huge mirror in it on the counter. You could see the whole room through it, including the corner between the door and the wall. I'm literally shaking right now because it was so scary. I'd always been around ghosts and I was not used to them, or and I was used to them, but not like this. I noticed it in the mirror. It was tall, about 6'2", my friend's dad's height. What? I don't like it. Hey, me either. But here we go. I hate it. Uh, my friend's dad's height, but everything was stretched out. His arms, eyelids, fingers oh. were long and no- long and knobby as it stood between the door and the wall in the corner. It was all red and fleshy looking. Oh. And the sadness that permeated from it completely tore me. Its eyes were like black holes. I knew it was my friend's dad, and I could tell he knew that I could see him. He was almost glitching in and out of place at one point. And at one point he was right in front of me. I got his message loud and clear. He wanted me to be there for his son, like any good father. He had made a lot of mistakes before and there was so much guilt. He left after two minutes, but it felt like an hour. I don't know why he looked like that. Maybe it was a reflection of all of the sadness he felt, but it shook me up. I know it's a long story, so cut out any part you want. Recently, my witch shit has amplified. I made a connection with a dead relative of another friend and received the most vivid thing I have before. I felt utter horror, disgust, and it was terrible. I just looked around. I looked around and all I saw were dead U.S. soldiers in the old issued uniforms on the ground and ash was everywhere. I heard screams. I just started crying and, and screaming. But at the same time, I knew that this was a projection on to me from this relative. After that, I found out it was my other friend's great-grandfather who served in World War II, and he died before she was born. I'm okay, though, and I deal with it in healthy ways, and I see a therapist for that stuff and some mental stuff. 
other than that, my witch shit is kind of normal. That's very interesting. It's a good thing that you're in, in therapy for it. It's just, that's a lot to process. Yeah, I'm glad that you're dealing with it in, in healthy mm-hmm. ways. That's that's something that I think takes uh, a long time to learn. So it's good you got to jump in on that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like that the eyelids were specified as being Yeah, that up. really... I mean, uh, he definitely has them. <laughs> if you have them. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Sarah. No, our next story comes from Sarah. Sorry, I'm not just going to say Sarah. My practice involves... <laughs> Sarah, punch me. All right. My practice involves a lot of shadow work, work with nature and animals, art and spirits. This takes me into two, uh, this takes me into something that happened to me in the past months in my home. So I've always been sensitive to energies, and so has my husband. But in the past year, I've been intentional about confronting my shadow self and learning to learning to trust my intuition. I currently live on the west side of Chicago, and if you've been there, you know how old some of the buildings can be. My apartment was built in the 1920s and has original wood floors, hand-painted tiles, and tin walls in the entry. It's gorgeous and obviously, I know, and obviously has a lot of history. And I live there with my husband and two cats. After a few months in the apartment, we became aware of a small trickster spirit that lived there, but never seemed malicious. Mostly, it would just bang on the walls or knock things off tables until we acknowledged it. It was just, it just wanted our attention for the most part, and we weren't bothered by it. However, around Sawin last year, I started feeling like I was being watched at night while I was in my bed. Initially, I chalked it up to my anxiety disorder, but it was getting so bad that I was waking up with panic attacks and scared that there was somebody in the apartment. My husband would help calm me down and then check the apartment, but of course, nobody was ever there. However, when he checked the house, I still felt like somebody was there, and I could feel eyes watching me constantly from the doorway into my bedroom. Yuck. Gross. This continued for a while until one morning when my husband had to wake up around 4 a.m. for work. He works at a coffee shop, so he has to open the store occasionally. Lit. On these days, he'll wake up, shower, and then say bye to me before he has to go. This morning, however, I heard him get up and start the shower, but started feeling the same intense dread and feeling of being watched as I had before. I opened my eyes. There, backlit from the bathroom light and looming just inside my bedroom door, was a tall, black pillar of smoke. I froze for a minute, stunned, and then bolted up, but it disappeared. Convinced I was just losing it at this point, I laid back in bed and tried to drift off while my husband finished his morning routine. He was surprised by how awake I was when he came to say goodbye, but he kissed me, said he loved me, and he would see me later, and then he left the house like normal. I heard his key turn in the door behind him and was determined to to take advantage of my last couple of hours of sleep. As I was lying there, fully awake, but with my eyes closed, I heard a couple of heavy footsteps out of the 100-year-old creaky wood floor outside of my bedroom door. Scared out of my mind, I tried to bolt up and open my eyes, only to find myself completely frozen in place and unable to move, speak, or open my eyes. 
However, I became fully aware of my surroundings, like I could see the room from a perspective above my own body, while also being in my body at the same time. Mm -hmm. As I was frozen there, a heavy lurching figure entered the room, mumbling under its breath in sounds I I couldn't understand. (sighs) Oh, Lord. Okay, as I was frozen, oh, I can't even read it. As I was frozen there, a heavy lurching figure entered the room mumbling under its breath in sounds I couldn't understand but soon understood to be reassuring or caring as it got closer to me I could tell it was trying to project to me the presence of my husband and his morning routine of saying bye to me before work but it all felt wrong and I knew he was long gone by now. I hate this. That might be one of the worst things I've ever heard. And I'm not exaggerating. I That might be one of the worst things I've ever heard. Oh, after I fought against my paralysis as it reached out to touch me, finally able to mentally scream no and push back energetically. It paused. And then turned to leave, still muttering under its breath. As soon as it crossed the threshold, I could open my eyes and move again. That evening, I told my husband about what had happened in vague details, mostly about seeing a shadow and feeling something enter the room. I was still half convinced that my anxiety disorder was trying to play tricks on me, but I never had sleep paralysis before, and I had been awake for all of it. It didn't feel right. My husband trusts my intuition enough to be concerned. We decided to keep an eye out for anything weird. That night, he had a vivid dream that he was in our house. In his dream, he woke up to the sound to a sound outside of our bedroom door and got up to see what it was. Once through the threshold, he turned to his left and came face to face with a tall, black, smoky pillar. He immediately felt an overwhelming dread, but described also feeling from the pillar the the overwhelming want to go into the bedroom. He turned and ran back into the room. After telling me about this the next morning, he never has vivid dreams like this, uh, and I had never actually described to him the smoke pillar. We decided that whatever was in our house had to go. We saged the place and it left, but it would come back every couple of weeks. I'd have the same paralysis and then we'd cleanse again. While this was getting frustrating, I was also realizing that I could force it away quicker each time. Of course, I was getting sick of this game. So at the next full moon, I cleansed every day for a week leading up to it. On the full moon itself, I called in all ancestors, angels, and spirits of light who would protect our home. The cavalry. And the people who, uh, the people and animals inside of it. Since then, we've had no problems. And even the small trickster who would knock on walls was pushed out to the basement of the building. It watches as you do laundry and sometimes flashes the lights now. I hope you enjoy the story and you're as spooked reading it as I was. Also, any insight onto what that thing was uh, could would help um, to, so I could continue to keep it away. I, I don't know. Something that was trying to impersonate your husband. And that is the worst. Yeah. I don't like that. I, I don't that. like any Dude. sort of impersonation. No, 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 no. Things trying to make itself look holy or like something you know, that's not good, man. Can yeah, you imagine? That's intelligent. 
and it's trying to do something to you. Can you imagine just seeing like this shuffling figure in your room trying to talk like Hunter? No, I might would actually, actually know. I, I think I might could actually have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Woof. I mean, like, I get palpitations sometimes that make me think this is the end. I mean, if I just get those <laughs> sitting on my couch. I, <laughs> then, yeah, uh, <laughs> an intelligent haunting might actually. Uh, that might do me in. The final straw. <laughs> Wow, that apartment sounds fucking sweet. Though. I mean, yeah, and I could deal with Aside the trickster. From, yeah, he's he's fine, but fuck the lumbering dude, mumbling, trying to make human words. Yeah, gross. All right, I have a story to you from Shelly. Hit me. Sometimes, after too much to drink, I will use my voice recorder to give myself reminders of when I wake up. Oh. I just feel like this is going to be terrifying. Well, late one night, I was recording in my new living situation in the kitchen. Later the next day, while listening back, I heard a child babbling in the background. Ooh. There are no children in this house and none next door. Nothing ever goes awry in the house, and I do not feel anything negative. I tried recording again another night while asking questions, but no reply. Perhaps I have more roommates than I thought, and they would peacefully like to be left alone. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm unsure of whether this one is supernatural or not, but I found it interesting. So there have been nights in the past where I have woken up out of a dead sleep while my body was being flooded by wave after wave of anxiety. It felt as if somebody was periodically filling up a bucket and dumping it on me. After listening to your episode about shadow people, I decided one night during another dumping to ask out loud, please leave me alone. I need to sleep. I have not had these experiences since. What a little shit, whatever it was. <laughs> but at least they had the decency to fuck off. That was it. Short hey, and sweet. Man. I think they usually do. I think I yeah. think a lot of the times they just don't even know that what they're doing is super annoying. Do you ever catch yourself like doing really annoying? Like I'll just shake my leg incessantly. And so every once in a while, Clark will be like, can you please stop? And I feel like that's what it's like. They go, oh, shit, sorry. Uh, oh, God. Oh, oh. Oh, my. You didn't like it when I was babbling into your voice recorder? Okay, noted. <laughs> I hate it. That's what I mean. I feel like when you die and you go into the spirit world, <laughs> all things that you know to be socially acceptable and PC are just wiped away. It's gone. <laughs> all boundaries are erased. <laughs> all right. Uh, our next story comes from Aaliyah. And Aaliyah says, hey, I'm a teenage witch from a, or in a very Christian family. Your podcast really helps me feel normal as I live in the Bible belt. Yep, I feel that. You have to pass three churches just to get to my house. Also, you guys remind yep. me of my relationship with my soul sister slash actual cousin. Uh, she's much older than me and acts a lot like Charlie does. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, also, Macy acts so shockingly like me, especially the very random and loud singing. I hope we can meet someday and see you can see what I mean. My cousin is in this story a lot. She actually lives in Texas, so she understands your Texan human better. Human. <laughs> she understands <laughs> human music. She understands your Texas humor better than I do. Anyway, here's the story. 
By the way, I just want to say, I don't love it that she said she's much older than me and then compared her to me. So that's great. You're fine. <laughs> I actually, this is completely out of my own psyche because it doesn't say she's much older. She just says older and I, I put the much in <laughs> You there. put the much there. <laughs> Okay, so my cousin's family was visiting, and I decided to tell her about the entity that I was uh, sensing in my house. This was not and is not usual for me, as I live on the land of the albino farm. You should look it up. It's a story and a half on its own. Ooh, interesting. I think yes. I know that. I'm not sure. I think that that was in one of my weird history books, and it is fucking terrifying. Something about it is seeming is ringing extremely familiar to me. Yeah, it's scary. Mm. If it's what I think that it is. Ooh. I usually would just ignore anything that was staying in my home, but when teenagers get together, they do dumb things. Don't I know it? Yep. We mm. kept feeling chills down our spines and decided to use this as a method of communication with the entity. I'm groaning as I write this because hindsight is always 2020. Here's how it went. Is there someone there? Chill down both our spines. Are you a nice entity? Nothing. And we waited yeah. for a long time. Are you a malevolent entity? A violent chill down my spine. We immediately felt the room get heavy. Mm. I felt sick to my stomach and decided to go outside when my cousin used the restroom. I still felt like I was going to throw up and I kept seeing dark shadows in my peripheral. <laughs> vision even though it was daytime sorry i know that and i hate it i was so uneasy by myself that privacy be damned i went into the bathroom with my cousin while we were in there the lights flickered out you can bet that we ran we both went outside and sat on the stairs to the deck while we were talking we both saw a shadow that looked like a young boy dart across the yard we were terrified hmm. throughout our stay Lights that had never had any issue began to flicker. Other cousins who we hadn't mentioned all of this to started reporting nightmares and apparitions. My closet door was consistently opened when no one had been in my room. Why is it always the fucking closet? My cousin saw, uh, I hate it. My cousin saw a bright white figure of a boy outside my window. My other cousin saw dark fogs hanging around my room. Once, when my cousin and I were in my room watching uh, Lowy Lane on YouTube, we heard what sounded like all 13 of the kids from three families playing Nerf in the room adjacent to mine. It was a ruckus if I oh ever my. heard one. Doors slamming, screaming, banging on the walls. We were pissed because we told them to be quiet before. But when we went outside, all of, all of the kids were in the living room halfway down watching Despicable Me 2. None of them had heard the sounds uh, and they all swore that they hadn't done so much as gone to the bathroom. Once they had left, things didn't get any better for me. I was left home alone a lot that summer, but I was never actually alone. I felt breath mm. on my neck and felt suffocated I don't every like the time breath. I went to the basement. Nobody needs to be that close. No. And it's like, it's like they know that you can feel that. One day I was home alone all day long. I always feel a need to strip when I'm alone because I can be as comfortable as I can. Yep. But I felt such a strong presence that I present presence that I decided against being that vulnerable. I quickly realized that that was a good idea because I started hearing voices over the TV. I called my cousin freaking out. 
Not long into the phone call, my phone said it was overheated and I couldn't use it. That had never happened to my uh, phone before and it didn't feel hot at all. When my parents came home, I was Mm. crying because I was so scared of having no way to contact anyone. Yeah, that sucks. That's aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. I started having nightmares about what I had decided to be a demon, possessing people around me in order to get to me. In one, my friend was possessed and knocked me over and started speaking in Latin and licking my ear. I woke up in the same position what? that I <laughs> I woke up in the same position that I was in in my dream, laying on my back with my knees up. I could never sleep like that and I wanted to scream or run away, but I found that I couldn't move. I continued to feel the licking on my ear <laughs> and the pressure God damn on my it. Back. <laughs> I had never had sleep. I have never had sleep paralysis before or since. Why, man? It took over three months of praying. I was a Christian uh, and invoking the name of Christ every time that it woke me up. I even yelled at it to leave. The last week before it left was one of the worst weeks of my life. I couldn't sleep or eat very well. But if horror movies taught me anything, I knew it was nearing the end because it gets worse before it gets better. When it finally left, I forgot how it felt to be normal after being haunted like that for so long. That was when I started cleaning, cleansing my house regularly. Now I understand that my cousin and I invited it in by inviting it to touch us. I refuse to ever do something yeah. that stupid again. Dude, what is with all of the demons slash sleep paralysis this time around? I don't know. Oh, makes me uneasy when there's a theme. <laughs> all right, I have a story for you by Bridget. Bridget, I love the name Bridget. The first story is set in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in Arizona, yeah. about 20 miles from the border. My parents went to a party with family friends, and at the end of the night, it was decided they weren't able to drive home, so we stayed over. The house was old from the turn of the century and had old wooden floors and red clay floors. In the living room where I slept that night, there was a skylight. Through it, I could see all of the stars since there was no light pollution. I was awake, looking at the stars, waiting for sleep to take me. Gross. When a dark mass, the shape of a man's head and shoulders, peeked over the edge of the skylight ah! and stared down at me. No. I hate that. I hate all of it. I froze in fear, being five or six and not knowing what the hell to do. The worst part... Uh, gross. The worst part, his eyes weren't there and I could see through them to the starry sky above. Blech. And and then slowly he slid back out. Shot. Slid. <laughs> slid. You kind of know it's cracking me up. You know that dream you had of the slithering MIB dude? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh. It was scary when I dreamed it. Uh, not like when he leaned over the skylight, but like when someone pretends they're on an elevator behind a couch, just slowly moving out of sight. Creep. Ew, then I heard sliding on the roof towards the front door. 
I immediately got the fuck up and ran to the guest bedroom and cannonballed in between my parents to sleep for the night. Yep. My mother asked about it in the morning, but for some reason I told her I was just scared of sleeping alone in a new house. I didn't tell her about the shadow person. I never saw another shadow person at that house, though I did hear voices of foot or footsteps occasionally. Nothing that filled me with as much terror as that dark mass. Ew. My second story is set in Tombstone, Arizona on a school field trip. Ooh. I was eight years old, and by this point, I had developed my love and curiosity for all things paranormal, spooky, or weird. Our class was getting ice cream at the small shop in Tombstone, but I didn't like ice cream, way too sweet, and I wanted to save my money for something else, so I naturally decided to wander off, which I'm sure put my teachers in a mild panic attack when they found me missing. But I walked up the street towards where they would do reenactments of gun shootouts, and I saw one of the actors who I was sure had waved at me in one of the earlier shows. I didn't know why, but I decided to follow him. He turned a corner into a narrow alley, and I followed him. Just as I turned the corner, I saw him walk through a brick, wa a brick wall and vanish. I was so excited, I saw my first full-body apparition. I told all of my friends, and none of them believed me, but that didn't squash my excitement. <laughs> my third story is less of a story and more of an experience and information my coven have found out through using a Ouija board. Uh, the board is a huge part of our practice as witches, and we use it to communicate with our spirit guides and our goddesses. However... We know how to use it safely, should anything nasty try to get in. One night, we decided to ask if Bigfoot was real, <laughs> expecting a vague answer or a straight up no. But lo and behold, my spirit guide said, yes, of course he did. He even went as far as to get a spirit of a Bigfoot on the board. I know Shut it sounds up. crazy and we hardly believe it. We found out quite a bit about them, which I will tell you here. I'm going, oh Charlie, you're going to have to peel me off my ceiling. I'm so ready. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. First thing, they don't like being called Bigfoot, which doesn't oh. surprise me at all. Me either, honestly. Could you imagine if someone called us by our body features? So rude. But they did tell us that they have nationalities similar to us. The brown-furred ones that are commonly seen in North America are called yours. Yetis are called yed. They find us fascinating as well and like to study us. That I have heard before is that a lot of times they're just oh. like, okay. Uh, Macy is right when she says they are interdimensional creatures and they can easily plane walk between our plane and theirs. To them, it's like going to a corner in the store to pick up some milk. Their population is very small. I think 40,000, perhaps more. I forget and I don't have my notes with me. They are shocked at how large our world population is. They don't understand our religions, but most of them are peaceful. They come to our plane to collect herbs and stones for their own practice, and they are able to cloak themselves from sight. I believe that. They will also make howling noises to scare off our natural predators and even us as well to find each other like wolves. They are fascinating people, and we have left offerings to the one who frequents our area in an attempt to bridge the gap and maybe have a conversation. Man, maybe you're talking to him. Who knows? I know this all sounds completely insane, but the world and the universe is a strange place, and I, for one, can't wait to find out more secrets. Look, listen, Bridget, I fucking believe you, okay? I, I believe every listen, word I Bridget. just read. I feel wow. enlightened. Interesting. 
I mean, I guess that makes sense, man. I, you can talk to a spirit of anything, right? It's honestly everything I've suspected. And I'm and also, so giddy about it. I quite appreciate the responsible Ouija board usage. You know, I know a lot of people swear them yeah. off, but I think, you know, if, if done appropriately, look at what you can learn. No, I mean, hell, even I feel that way. I'm just not comfortable with it. Well, and yeah, I think I mean, any shred of discomfort. <laughs> exactly. So like any, I feel like it's just something, if you're going to use it, you don't even need a shred of doubt or discomfort. Like it yeah. needs to be, and I just don't have that. And I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people don't. And so it's just like, eh, I feel like if you can't go in there, like a shining beacon of don't come out of that board unless we say so, then I, um, I, I just, I can't, I can't use it. Unless you're Bigfoot, then you can come out and talk to us all day. Honestly, if you're Bigfoot, you can just, you can just, uh, you, just come on over. Come have some tea with me. I'll bake you a pie that you can steal off my port. Aww. And I want to know everything about you and yours. And we'll tell you all the stuff about us. And we'll be like, I don't know why we do it either. Yeah, honestly, you probably understand us better than, than we understand us, Sasquatch. Yeah. We can't call him Bigfoot help. anymore. He doesn't like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that does make sense. How would you like to be like, I'd be like Big Nose Charlie. <laughs> there's a there's a species of Big Nose in these parts. That would be awful. Yeah, it is very derogatory. Macy, you'd be like Big Scab Toes. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly right. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling after all these ghost stories? You, you know, let me cut to the chase. How is your mental health? It's honestly fine, but because I've had to really stay on top of it. <laughs> Are these stories interfering with your happiness? They're not making me happier. We'll say that. <laughs> Macy, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need to decompress after this, I've got a way that you can connect in a safe and private environment with a professional counselor. Please tell me what I need to do to do this. You can head on over to BetterHelp and they will assess your needs and match you with your very own professional, licensed therapist. And you can start talking to them in under 24 hours. But like, that sounds like a lot of work, dude. I'll have to like get dressed and I'll have to leave my house. And I just don't know if I want to be sitting in a terrible, what? terrible waiting room. No, 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 no. Listen, you put those pants down. Don't worry about it. You can do all of this from the comfort of your couch, from your home. You can send a message to your counselor. That's a text. That's that's a phone call or a chat session any time. But like, are they going to go blabbing to all their friends about the things that I tell them? Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not for that. Listen, absolutely not. Now, I know some people like to hear gossip and then they they throw that tea party and they tell all their friends but not here not with better help these are licensed professional counselors and everything you tell them is completely private and confidential very professional so how do i how do i do this charlie how how do i find this place how do i how do i how do i sign how do i get talking to my counselor in under 24 hours you can do that at betterhelp.com slash witch. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash witch. And you'll even get 10% off of your first month. Whoa, 
So here's the thing, dude. How are there enough? Are there enough counselors to go around? I mean, things are kind of crazy right now. Is there is there going to be a counselor left for me? Way ahead of you there, man. Way ahead of you. So many people have been using BetterHelp lately. They've been going out of their way to recruit additional counselors in all 50 states. So you'll be covered. There's going to be somebody just for you. So just to be sure, one last time, in order to get going on this, I go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P dot com slash witch to get 10% off my first month. Absolutely. I'm so glad we had this chat. Oh, me too. <laughs> so day three here of recording the spooky sewed. Wow. We're going we're gonna to jump in, break up the uh, spooks a little bit with some comic relief i guess is that what this story is this is a oh no i just meant us coming in and saying hey it's day three yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) kind of reset which i'm curious so you're you're going on a little on a little date right yes yes Uh, it is my my fifth and sixth wedding anniversary beautiful lump them together i love batch work it's a great idea Well, we completely skipped over our fifth year, so uh, we were Dude, like, that just, just happens. <laughs> well, it was our fifth year, so we were like, we need to do something extra special, and then we just ended up totally forgetting about it. So this time, we're we're doing something kind of nice, going and uh, we're basically just going to stay in a hotel and chill out the whole time, but it's going to be great. Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm excited for you to for you to do that. That sounds like a nice little a nice little time. Clark made the most delicious, dude, I can't even explain to you. Clark would blow your nips off with the cinnamon buns he made this morning from scratch. Oh, yeah, they're so good. good. He has spent over like 20 hours on these things. Dude, I know. It's fucking hard. When I made them like a month ago, I was physically and emotionally exhausted by the time we ate them. I think that's also why he enjoyed them like so so much because uh, oh yeah like a they were so good but b he tried it once before and ended up having to throw everything away because one little stupid minute detail went wrong uh and he was mm-hmm. heartbroken but dude i'm still riding the high of these cinnamon buns so yeah, I, i'm not they are delicious i'm not sure i'm ready to uh bring it down with scary stories <laughs> It's like nothing could bring me down after those sticky boys. Oh man, and he made the icing and it was like just mm-hmm. like the shit you get out of the can, but better. Which is so easy. It's just powdered sugar. Yeah. Pretty much. That's it. Yeah. I was gonna say he added a little bit of butter extract to it. Oh baby. It oh oh okay. I could I could go on, but <sighs> I won't. this next story for you was sent by stephanie i've always been interested in the paranormal and spirits ever since i was a kid i was 12 or 13 years old when my christmas what the fuck story happened i have a younger brother who is six years younger than me at the time it was just my mom my brother and me as my parents divorced when i was eight we lived out in the country where my two neighbors were elder folk We had two acres to our names, and there was a cornfield across, fuck cornfields, across the narrow paved road in front of our house. The house was spacious and lovely, minus the damn scorpions that I've always found a way in. 
I could say the same thing about my house. It's spacious and lovely, minus the damn scorpions that always find their way in. Oh, country living. To my knowledge, the house was built in the 70s and had and only had one family live in it before us. Oh, nice and seasoned. Mm. I'm not sure if anyone passed away in it or not, but probably not. We had just finished opening up gifts in the living room and my mom went to go to the kitchen, which was attached and open with half a bar structure in the way. There was no door between the living room and kitchen. My brother went off to somewhere. Eventually, I get up and start walking towards the kitchen. To explain the layout, when you went from the living room to the kitchen, on your right, there would be a long hallway that led to the rooms in the bathroom. The bathroom was far down to the left, the bedroom straight ahead, my brother's far to the right, and my mom's room to the right directly when you first enter the hallway, like a capital T shape. Connected to the kitchen and with the door was a spare room which housed the computer, the treadmill, and the extra stuff. It was straight ahead from the living room if you were leaving the living room, part of the top part of the capital T. When I got to the archway between the two rooms from the corner of my eye, I saw a small body enter my mom's room quickly, like it had been caught. Immediately, I I called out my brother's name and said, get out of mom's room, because a small body darting into a room had to be my brother. (laughs) Well, both my... (laughs) Both my mother and I snapped our heads to the spare room when my brother shouted, I'm not. My mom and I stared at each other. And what made it all scarier from what made it all scarier for me was that my mom was freaked out. Oh, yeah, that's the worst. She was so not okay with this. I tried to downplay it, even though my heart was pounding. Maybe I told her as she rushed from the kitchen to her room, I had just imagined it. Maybe it was an eyelash pulling a trick on me. I must have imagined it. After all, we woke up, we had woken up early just to open gifts. Maybe I was tired still. But even as I said this, I could still feel the goose flesh on my arms. Was it a trick of my mind or a spirit of sorts? There was no malice or threat to it. Nothing that felt off in the room afterwards. We chalked it up to a good or benign thing. And as time went on, joked about the little boy in mom's room. There was nothing else that happened like that until after I left for college, outside of hearing footfalls behind me in the hallway when I was home alone. Recently, though, I spoke to a cousin who joined the Marines and was on leave. We went out to a bar, and as we're drinking and swapping childhood stories, he brings up why he stopped coming over when he was 10 or 12 or so. I hadn't really thought much about it until then, but I asked him why. He said that my brother, probably a year or so after the little boy incident, had told him that our house was haunted. I asked him if it was the little boy story, and he stared at me, stout beer midway up to his lips and said, "Uh uh-huh, what little boy story? (laughs) (laughs) I, I told him and he freaked. He was all the more confident that he made the right choice to stay the fuck away. I asked him what stories my brother told him to scare him, and he couldn't recall. At the time, my brother and I aren't as close as I'd like to be, so I can't ask him if he had any experiences, unfortunately. But I asked my mom. She told me that one time my brother had told her that he would wake up and there'd be a shadow of a man standing in his doorway. This was when he was a kid too. So maybe there was something there that we just brushed on. Mm. Huh. 
I don't like creepy, small moving shadows that are like children. No. I'll add that to the list of things that I don't that like. you don't like. <laughs> I don't support it. Ongoing list of things Macy does not support. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little ghost children <laughs> darting in and out of rooms. <laughs> like singular just like little ghost children all right i'll 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 keep around a little ghost children but not the ones that move in a darting manner no darting (laughs) just like real children just sit there and be still yeah don't move oh quiet all right i have a story from shay and it starts off lovely first of all here we go her name is the lady in blue. The only person in my family... I um, appreciate that. (laughs) The only person in my family who has seen her in actual form is my aunt when she was 19. The building she resides in has been up since the early 1900s. It has been a hotel, a bar, a cafe, and at one point, a secret brothel. Oh. Oh, saucy. My aunt and uncle owned the building for a few years, and I lived in the apartment above for about nine months. The apartment above, by the way, was the the brothel part. The lady in blue was sweet for the most part. One of my cousins lived up there before me. The lady in blue would lay next to her and sing her to sleep in a faint voice. After that, she left with no notice to give to her dad. Turns out that the lady in blue wasn't happy about it. There was a light switch that powered uh, nothing that she enjoyed flipping all through the night. She would shut off wax burners. <laughs> She's just like, what does this go to? She would shut off wax burners during the night if she didn't like the smell. The lady in blue would warn you if people in the building went alone. My aunt was vacuuming one night with her back to the door and her son walked in and all of the bar stools flew off of the bar. She ew, turned around. Ew. She turned around to see him standing there, and he quickly said, "It wasn't me." I love how that's your first. Yeah, yeah. not me. Yeah, uh, uh, it wasn't me. One night, I was doing dishes in the kitchen, and she hit the side of the sink to warn me of someone in the building. So the cousin who had moved out came to stay with me for the weekend, and it started small. The bathroom light switch down in the cafe is on the outside. She was using the facilities, and the lights shut off. Lady in black, we explained. It wasn't us. Uh, She was using the facilities, and the lights shut off. She went to go up to the apartment, and the second that she was through the door, uh, it slammed shut. Me and her brother ran across the room to see if she was okay, and she was deathly white when we opened the door. She said the door slammed, and and she heard a whisper say, Natasha. We promised her it I wasn't I. I That's another it. thing. Add that to my list. I don't like slamming doors. I, you know what? I might, <laughs> I might dislike slamming doors more than hearing my own name being whispered. See, I don't like a slammed door. I, I'm going to have to take the other way on that. I, I feel like I could handle a slammed door, but the second you come whispering my name, nah. Yeah, I, don't I know. know that shows more of an intelligence, and I feel like with intelligence, you have more of a threat sometimes. But I don't like being startled. By loud noises. That's really the core issue here. That's the thing on my list is I don't like loud noises. How about startling? Seems like anything startling. Darting movements, loud noises. Okay, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So she heard a, a voice whisper, Natasha, we promised her it wasn't us. I told her to go up to the apartment, that we would stay downstairs and go outside apologizing for leaving. I said, I think that the lady in blue is mad at you for leaving and not saying goodbye. Natasha had no more problems with the lady in blue after she apologized. The only time the lady in blue, which is, I love it's been shortened to LIB every time. The one time, the only time the LIB was ever hateful was towards a friend of my cousin's. She worked in the cafe for a while and glass bowls of sugar and salt and pepper would fly off tables at her. God damn. And once in the kitchen, a roaster pan lid flew off of the top shelf at her head, which shouldn't have been possible because the lid was upside down in the big roaster pan. Other than that, she was protective and kind of helpful. She's just moody every now and again. Did not like her slapping bowls of sugar at her. <laughs> yeah, she's like when you're like, you're mad and you're like cooking and you might slam the pots a little harder than normal. <laughs> like in movies, you know, the wife is always upset. So she just like cuts things a little harder and like yeah. puts the plates down hard. I feel like that's what she was doing. Slamming that fridge. kind of stereotypical angry wife. Or it was like, oh, what's this? Fuck salt. <laughs> I like her. <laughs> I have I have one for you. This was sent by Sally. Sally. Disclaimer. I've always been a believer of ghosts and ghost stories ever since I was little, but I've never had an experience myself. This is a story of my boyfriend at the Times house who is haunted by a little girl and perhaps other entities. Oh. This story takes place before he and I ever met. He used to live in an old house in Oregon where he, his mom, his younger sister, and his baby brother lived. My ex had many different stories about this house, but there's one that stuck with me. I don't know all of the details, so please excuse. On one regular weekend day, laundry was needing to be done. The laundry room was down in the basement, so he went to start a load of laundry. After what would be about 30 minutes for the wash to be done, he goes back down to check on it. And the lid to the washer was wide open. Thinking to himself, I know I started the wash, but maybe someone put something of theirs in and forgot to close the lid to finish. So he closes the lid and waits the amount of time and goes back to check on it. The lid is wide open again. Damn it. Becoming a bit frustrated, he quickly closes it and storms upstairs to yell at his sister for messing with the laundry. She swears she hasn't touched it. He then storms to ask his mom. She has no idea what he is talking about and his baby brother was too little to be messing with things. He then waits the time and goes to check the laundry and guess what? The lid was wide open again. I would be pit. I need my clothes, dude. Yeah, I would be really fucking irritated. Be like, that's that's an entity that, like, honestly, it's like, dude, I will just cleanse you out. Like, I don't care if you're nice. If you're gonna keep doing this shit, you're getting you're getting kicked out. I'm not putting up with that. Look, throw shit across the room, throw tantrums, but don't interfere with practical shit. Don't make my life inconvenient. Okay, that's the core thing. Don't do it. <laughs> This wasn't the first time paranormal activity has happened in this house, but the eerie feeling still rushed over him. He decided to close the lid one last time, and he put a heavy toy on top of it, thinking that would solve the issue. 
After doing so, he told his family what was going on and convinced them to leave the house for a little bit to see what would happen. After they all got back, he decided to go back and check the wash. He couldn't hear the water running or the machine whirring, so he was nervous to turn the corner and see what state the washer was in. As he approached, he could see the shadow of the lid was wide open and the toy had been carefully placed on the shelf, well above reach from anyone without a ladder. What the hell? How could it have moved? It was heavy and no one was home. He closed the lid and ran the hell out of the house for the rest of the day. Feel that. Uh, I've actually heard the same story recounted by his mom and sister, both who cannot explain what happened that day or why. A few other stories from this house are many conversations between family members and random objects would go flying across the room for no reason, and it would only happen when two or more people were in the room. They would be talking in the kitchen, and they would see a penny fly by in the corner of their eye, or pens would be thrown. The TV would turn off out of nowhere, uh, and the volume would suddenly change from quiet to loud or vice versa. The CD player would eject the disc and return to normal states. The lights would be turned on or off randomly. They would hear footsteps on the stairs. And the thing that made them finally move, the house would randomly fill with smoke, like an electrical pipe smoke, but no fire or electrical damage anywhere. The last night they spent in the house, they packed everything up in a day and left as the night before the house was filled with smoke and you could hear loud bangs coming from upstairs. After finally moving from that house, he ended up talking to the previous tenants of the place and they all confirmed the same crazy stuff would happen in that house. They've all seen a young girl in white in one of the rooms and someone else claims to have seen a large man who may be the residual haunting with the loud bangs and smoke. I don't have much else to say other than this story has stuck with me and just confirms that there's so much energy going on beyond the veil of our knowledge and understanding. It just makes me creeped out, but also wanting to learn more. Ooh, that, the smoke and the, and stuff that I don't like kind of a poltergeist shit to me. <laughs> I'm wondering if there was, a and I don't like fire. poltergeist shit. Maybe you don't like and it's just a, the list. I'm really adult. You know, I'm starting to realize pretty much unless it's just like the friendliest, most helpful, unpack your bags ghost. I don't like it. He thinks <laughs> Hey, let's keep it going though. Let's let's actually start making a list, man. Let's just start sketching mm-hmm. it down. Uh, I've got a story for you, hot and fresh from Eden. So All right. Set the scene. I've got a job at a restaurant, 16 years old, called Palookaville. It was a punk vintage carnival themed restaurant. (laughs) I'm here. Recipe for the creeps, to be honest. Recipe for a good fucking time. Right before I got the job, one of the kitchen staff had a mental break and stabbed another cook 15 times while repeatedly saying, I'm sorry. Thankfully, ah! that sucks. Thankfully, no one, add that to the list of things I don't like murder. Mm. Thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, Uh, Thankfully, no one was killed. Ooh, after getting stabbed 15 times? Okay, thankfully, no one was killed. Yeah. But the whole thing cast yet another very creepy shadow over the whole place. 
There was an overwhelming sense of dread hanging over the restaurant just all the time. I constantly felt some, <laughs> someone watching me. I worked there with one of my close friends, and we would always rush through our closing work at the end of the night, desperately oh, trying to One night as we were closing, I heard a scream. My friend saw a dark shadow hanging over the sink in the kitchen. We rushed out and locked up. During day, during uh, another day during our shift, a dish rag combust into flames, just sitting on the counter next to the stove. And last That's really not, extra. I, yeah, I know. Can you imagine being the spirit doing that? Like, I know it'll get their attention. <laughs> last but not least, one of the worst experiences I had was upstairs in the storage room. This was my least favorite part of the whole building. It housed all the unused vintage carnival decor. <laughs> uh, old, out-of-use restaurant equipment and all of the dry goods. I was having a really rough day and was taking a breather cool. upstairs. I, saw, uh, I sat down and had my head in my hands, uh, and then I heard a weird grinding noise. The hair on the back of my neck raised, and I felt sick to my stomach. I looked over, and in the room next to me, an old hand crank meat grinder was slowly turning and gaining speed. I heard the sounds of footsteps walking around the old floors and a hand brush the back of my neck. Ugh. I was paralyzed in fear, watching the meat grinder go with uh, methodical persistence. That is maybe one of the most uncomfortable things I can imagine looking at. Just watching a meat grinder slowly turn and then you feel a hand on your Yeah, it's worse than it's slowly turning. I think the creepy turning would be like, oh, that's creepy. But the slow turning is like, hey, look where your foot's about to be. And I don't like it. (laughs) All right, add it to the list. Slowly moving meat grinder. (laughs) I finally snapped out of I finally snapped out of my deer in the headlights moment. I raced down the steep stairs absolutely sure someone was following me and I promptly quit the next week. Whoa. Mm. I want to come back. I I don't. (laughs) Damn. That's gross. I don't like it. You know, and the thing is it could have been anything else moving slowly and it would have been all right. But the fact that it was the meat grinder. uh, Yeah. Grody. But, I mean, just by the by, is that restaurant still open? Because that sounds like a blast. It does sound like a good time. I have a story for you from Holly. Oh. Oh. In 2007, I was a hardworking 25-year-old bean and had just graduated from a university in the Midwest. That I will not name to protect the innocent. (laughs) I was working overnights, refinishing floors at the same university and mostly worked alone at night on a creepy old historic campus. This didn't bother me. I thought I was a tough chick. One night I was slacking off at about 3 a.m. sitting in the middle of a third floor landing, reading a book. I had a chair positioned so that I could see the elevator and the stairwell just in case anyone came into the building and I suddenly needed to act busy. Feel that. Suddenly, I heard a woman yelling from somewhere below. Help, I'm stuck in the elevator. Help, can anyone hear me? Oh. 
Now, this elevator is old as balls, and I never use it because it is finicky and you can get stuck in it easily. Not a big deal during the day when there are people around, but at night, it could be a pickle. I holler at the elevator doors. I hear you. I can help. I will call up the elevator and get you out. And the voice responded urgently, thank you, hurry, please. I pushed to call up the elevator only to find that it was already on my floor. What is happening to my life? I yell back down and it is silent. She won't answer again. I beat feet to the stairs and race down. On my way out, I noticed that every light in the building was off except the third floor and the stairwell. They are motion sensor lights. There was not another living person in the building. I hate it. Later, my coworkers confirmed that the campus had multiple unexplained incidents. And with a bit of research, I discovered that this building had at one point been a teacher's college that had partially burned down in 1915 and the section I was in had been rebuilt. I never had another experience there, but after that night, I would never work in the building alone. I have experienced other supernatural things, but nothing as clear and real as that nonsense. I It, it really shook me up. Sometimes I wonder if she's still trapped in that elevator. Ooh, that's, that's a point. That's sad. That sucks. Let's go. Hey, look, next spooky sode. Guaranteed. We'll go, we'll go let her out. <laughs> Can you imagine us just showing up and chucking some like burning herbs down a fucking <laughs> elevator right. shaft? You can leave. <laughs> You're welcome. We saved you. <laughs> also, can I just say, I want to backtrack a little bit and just say how much I love the expression beat feet to run. Beat feet. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Whoa. Yeah, I'm uh, glad that's done. Now I get to edit it and re-listen to all of it again. <laughs> I'm... um. I'm perturbed. There, there are several, several things that are going to stick with me from this spooky. Side. That always happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do feel like this one had a very high uh, degree of really grody. Yeah, things. yeah. And and you know what? Um, I feel like the last time that we did this, we had quite a few kind of sweet stories. Yeah, not this time. Not this time. No. Hmm. We got to learn a lot about the things Macy doesn't like. Yeah, everybody knows so much about my my uh, my do's and don'ts of ghost behavior. If anybody wanted to create the perfect like haunted house for Macy, they, they could kill you. They would give you a heart attack with all the information they have on I mean, honestly, yeah. I, it, but, you know, here's the thing. I feel like personally i'm not asking too much you know i feel like the stuff <laughs> that really bothers me is pretty common you know like yeah i'll don't deal make... with you <laughs> just don't but... be crazy don't act like you know don't run in the house okay yeah, fine. that's a sensible sure. rule that you know unless there's an emergency and i assure you it's it's not you're dead there's no emergency yeah, everything there's no way it could be worse yeah like don't don't act like there's an emergency going on. Don't make me think my house is burning down. Don't move in a jerky way. Like, just <laughs> act normal. Wait, act when did normal. that happen? You just we've brought always, that one out of your butt. We've always talked about the disjointed movement. Oh, that's, yeah. That's no, like I mean, I know one. it exists, but I, it wasn't in this one. <laughs> 
It's number one on the list, in case you didn't know. <laughs> like the gurning man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so, I mean, like, don't do those things. Just like the ghost in Lyra's apartment. She's great. She's fine. She's she's a, you know, beautiful soul. I don't know Which, her. Haven't I have to tell you something. So Ooh. we went, and this is just so Are we cool, getting a dude. real life spooky story right now? Well, like, kind of cool. Like, I was really floored from this. So yesterday, so we went over there to clean it all up because she, you know, to like get it ready. And I love doing that, like cleaning up spaces to get ready to move in. It's yeah. maybe one of my favorite activities oh, in yeah. the whole world. Yeah. And so we were so in there correct. cleaning up and we had been there. Oh, it's wonderful. Like you're just preparing the space and getting energy ready. And it's just, I love I love decorating and moving and like, I don't yeah. personally like to move, but I love to help people move. It's and like a, it's like a blank canvas. It is. And so I I was just kind of, you know, we'd been there for a while and I had already bleached the living room. Like, so, you know, there's like bleach smell everywhere. And so there's this really lovely old school guest bathroom with this old 1930s, like wallpaper in it and shit. It's just really cool. I love it so much. And I was in there just cleaning like the, the Formica with the gold fleck countertop, yeah. you know, and was, was cleaning it up. And I just got overcome with like, you know, have you ever like bought a candle and left it in a car and like the scent is so deeply oh, yeah. saturated. Oh, yeah. I got like hit with the straw. Like I almost couldn't breathe. It was so strong in this tiny little room of cinnamon apples. Like, <gasps> And it was so strong. And I just kind of like stopped what I was doing. And I kind of broke out and like chills for a minute. And I was like, whoa, that's strong. And I just stood there and breathed it and could not get over how it. And I opened the cabinets because like, there must be like a little potpourri sachet in here. And we just haven't found it yet. There was nothing in there. And I was like, Lyra, like, come here. Like, come, come in here. And by the time she got over there, the smell was gone. <gasps> and Ooh. it was missing. And, but later, apparently that date, like I brought it up and Hunter was like, yeah, I, I noticed that too a little while ago. Like he was just doing something and he got also hit in a different part of the house with this random cinnamon apple scent that isn't oh my God. like locked to a, like a specific place. And it only lingers for a minute, but it just like, it shows up. It was very interesting. Maybe it's just the lady of the house kind of passing through, keeping an eye on what you're doing. I think so, you know, because yeah. she's pretty active, like I've told you, you know, like she made herself known and, you know, she likes the space. She's happy to be there. And, you know, and that's kind of, we were both very respectful all day. Like I put a little diffuser in there, like one of those little essential oil ones in that part of the house. And I was like, this is just like some orange oil. And like, you know, I was like, it's not a big deal. Like we're just cleaning it up. Then like everybody was being respectful. And it was just so interesting. I mean, that was such huh. a strong smell. It smelled like I had dunked my hair in like cinnamon apple, like candle scent. It was Damn. that strong and it came out of nowhere. And then when Hunter said he smelled it later on, just like when he was cleaning the kitchen or whatever, it's like, oh my God, that's what a lovely scent, first of all, to have. Uh, as I mean, for sure. Yeah. So I was floored I, by that. Like I had like the energy that you get of being like, holy fuck, that was an experience. Like that was yeah. not, that, that was, was not provable. Thing. Like something weird happened. Yeah. I love the way scent comes into play with spirit. Cause they say oh, evil wrong. things like smell horrible and they smell like death yeah. or sulfur or whatever. Right. Which there I was freaking out because like, it's an old place. And when we got there, something had died in her wall and <laughs> it's like the house. Was built in the 30s. 
and like you could smell it in the wall and whatnot but she was like freaked out for a second like why is it smelling like cinnamon apples to you and like dead animal to me i was like, no, it smells like dead animal. I, I promise there's dead thing in the wall but I so got it. I so related to what oh, I was yeah. concerned. Like, How scary would that worry. have been? Oh my God. So Dude, scary. And I'm if like, you and, it's okay. Don't if worry. If you and Hunter were both sitting there like, oh, it smells like cinnamon apples. And oh, then her. And she smells like rotting flesh. The one about to move in. <laughs> no, I think that's, I think it's welcoming. I think also um, that cinnamon and apple are, um, they're both very widely used for like blessing a new home and like kind of a welcome mm-hmm. thing, even, even in non-witchy kind of ways, uh, they've kind of wormed their way into like a home blessing, home welcome kind of thing. So to me, I'm just like, she's, she's saying, come on in. Well, and I also feel like she has good taste because like yesterday was like, by the time we got there and flung the house open, it was like 65 degrees outside, uh-huh. maybe cooler. And it was this crispy, beautiful, dry fall day. And I like to think that she was like, mm, this is a fall scent kind yes. of day. And she could customize. You, you know who it is? Hmm. It's Mrs. Cornelius Beekman. Oh, so yeah. that's Or it's at least someone familiar with her work. Yeah. Oh, mm, a lady of a well-readed... Oh, <laughs> A well-read lady is what I was trying to say. A non-conspicuous woman. Oh. And then she had to, and then y'all forced her to sit there and watch you eat McGangbangs on the floor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> oh, thank you for welcoming us into your beautiful home. And... <laughs> Letting us smell this wonderful, welcoming scent. Watch us destroy this trash food. Oh my Guess God. What? It's called a McGangbang. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Wow. Well, hopefully. Hey. Oh. Hopefully, uh, you guys were able to giggle out the the the, the scares just the now. Willies. The willies, ooh, giggle out the willies. Mm. Ooh, merch trademark, spooky time. Wooba. Oh, dude, I have to tell you something. Also, Lyra is currently working on Sasquatch as a Texan. Yeah, and like the design itself, and it is so excellent. I it's so excellent. That. I Does saw the rough sketch and he's, be- I'll send it to you. Actually, you know what? I'm going to send it to you right now. Send it to me right now. I want to have a reaction. It's very rough. And she has to figure out what to do with his other arm, but I think it's going to be a lasso. <laughs> it's Does he so have a fucking big, tasty. loud uh, belt buckle? Uh, he's got a big, loud cowboy hat. Oh, 10 gallons. He's great. I love him. And this is just like her concept sketch, but... Here he's come. Oh, did I just resend that to Lyra? She's not going to know why. (laughs) She's going to be so confused. That's fucking funny. Okay, coming at you. Oh, I got... It's loading. 
Channing. I love it. <laughs> he is mean mugging with his little hat on. Oh my god, he's so sassy. <laughs> Look at that eyebrow, like that furrowed unibrow. He's <laughs> the like best his, thing. His little fucking walk. He's going on. Oh my but can god. Can you see that other arm, the one that's not there yet, with a lat like a Larian, like <laughs> loop lasso? Yes. And he's just deadpan walking while lassoing. Yes. <laughs> not even looking at his at what he's not he's just looking at you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is amazing. I'm gonna put it on every I wanna make fabric with it and make a dress out of it. Dude. Fuck, Sasquatch is a Texan merch coming I think, soon. I think it's going to reshape the world, to be honest. I think it's going to be a revolutionary thing. I think people won't know what hit them. I think it might actually turn the tides of 2020. It might. I think it will be the ticket. And here's the thing. Here's, you know what? Yes, I'm aware that he is more uh, prominent, perhaps, in the Pacific Northwest and whatnot. Yeah, we don't want to hear it. We but I that. just feel like here... He just radiates big Texas energy, you know, like. <laughs> and if you've ever been to Texas, lived in Texas or heard of Texas, you know what we mean. You know what it means, you know, and he's just, I just feel like our, like he's, he, no matter what, Sasquatch is all over the world, radiate big Texas energy. Big Texas energy. I feel like if he had a place to choose to be his home, it would be Austin, Texas. <laughs> He would wait up by Franklin Barbecue every day at 6 a.m. for his meal. Lassoing the whole time. (laughs) Just the whole time with his hat. Can you imagine if somebody came out with footage that they caught of Bigfoot and it's just him stomping through the forest with a 10-gallon hat? Or just he just... The day we all learn that Bigfoot is confirmed to be real is when he shows up for a show on South Congress. (laughs) Wearing a pair of ironed blue jeans. Some chaps. <laughs> Spurs. Ironed blue jeans. You just hit me with that. I didn't hear that had to sink in. Ironed blue jeans. You know what I'm talking about with the crease down the I do. Starched as fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. I think your real OG uh, cowboys will get that one. Everybody else is like, ironed blue jeans. Ironed blue jeans. Look at oh. them. Mm. Oh, that was tasty. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That almost, be on the lookout for that. It's coming. That almost got the taste of punch me out of my mouth. It never. that. It, I, I want to stop thinking about that, and I can't. Uh, last night, Macy, last night I was on the verge of sleep, and I thought about it, and I giggled, and I had to stifle it to not wake Clark up. And that just, it suddenly turned into that moment, you know, like back in school when you and your best friend were giggling, but you couldn't because the teacher was teaching. Yep. And that makes it so much worse. And I sat yep. there for probably 15 solid minutes just vibrating. It's horrible. I had a moment this morning and it was, it was stupid. It was when I was just, I was pinning the garments like for that crop top that I'm making. And it just, it came to me. I just heard it in the back of my ear. Just, punch me, punch me. Like, Dude, I want a black beanie with just white letters on it that says punch me. Punch all lowercase. Like, oh, well. Wow. That's going to happen. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the spooky so. <laughs>
As you can tell, it's made us a little loopy. Yeah. Yeah. Three days of talking about this kind of shit. All you can do is grasp for humor. Oh my God. And you know what? We're about to go stay in a hotel, which yay, I love. It's one of my favorite things. But staying in a hotel is also one of the scariest experiences to me. Because at some point, I will wake up in the middle of the night and feel like there's somebody standing on the other side of the door. A ghost is just like nibbling on your earlobe. Every fucking time. Every time. I don't care how nice the hotel is. I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'll see fucking, you know, a shadow or something in the corner. It's just, it's, I, I know to expect it and it's going to be worse. Well, at least at this point, that shadow is going to slither on <laughs> over to you and, and it'll nestle right by your ear and look you right in the eye and ask you, please, just to punch me. What if I say it to him? What if we lock up? <laughs> and I just say, punch me. <laughs> you say it in perfect unison. <laughs> oh, God. Ow, ow. I can't wheeze any harder. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you're a spirit and you're going to try to, like, freak somebody out? And then you lock eyes and you're like, I know what I'm going to say. But then you both say, punch me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Okay. All right. You know that meme from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Mac and and Charlie are staring at each other from across the restaurant? That's what I feel like it is. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, beautiful. Okay. Well, I don't know where we can go. We can't. We can't uh, get any better than that. I have so left in me, in my body after that. Yeah, I'm like a wrung out dish rag. <sighs> I need to go rejuvenate. <sighs> yeah. Join us next time, where we will be talking about something not terrifying, but we will probably still say "punch me." Well, oh yeah, y'all better buckle up for that. That's that's uh, just like how we apparently like have these things that we lean into for about three months and then forget about forever. This is the new one. And if you don't listen to the spooky sods, you're going to be completely out of the loop and be like, why are they saying punch me? And we'll see like 40 posts on Facebook. That's like, can somebody (laughs) please tell me what punch me means? Why is this happening? We just, dude, our listener rate is just going to plummet. I, I, we knew it was going to come one day. <laughs> we start to reveal our true selves and everybody's like, bye. Oh, dude, these bitches suck. <laughs> oh, God. That's what the reviews say. Uh, the funny ones, at least. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm leaving now. All right. I'm going now. Got things to do. I do. I have to pee. So I'm going to leave you. Please have fun at your thing. Send me pictures. I don't know why. I just want to see your little trip. Oh, I absolutely. It's it's the hotel, which is like, first oh, of all. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because we were like, we're not really going to actually do anything. We're just going to go stay at a place. But it's cute. I it's think got... that's where Hunter's prom was. What? My prom was in South Fork Ranch, which is where they shot the show Dallas. Whoa. Yeah. You're basically hanging out with a famous person. I'm basically in Dallas. Oof.